Now more with Frank Gaffney. We're back, and I'm very pleased to say, joined by one of our country's great investigative reporters, uh, and that's all the more of an accolade because we are so desperately in need of good, honest investigative reporting. It is, of course, the trademark of the Just the News Network, John Solomon's outfit, and it is the hallmark of both in her work there and in her reporting career to this point of Susan Katz Keating. She is these days the chief national security correspondent for Just the News and a good friend of this program. We're always delighted to have her with us. Susan, welcome back to Secure Freedom Radio. Thank you so much, Frank. It's always fabulous to be here. And I really appreciate your kind words and love chatting. Heartfelt and deserved in this case. Um, Let me talk to you about something you've written on recently as We are all prayerful that what is developing in Cuba is possibly the beginning, at least, of the end of the nightmare of communism in that country. And I'd be very interested in your thoughts about what's happened so far and where you think this is likely to go from here. Well, it's fascinating what's going on. And it's also just it's it's both heartbreaking and heartening. And I, I spoke to a Cuban exile yesterday who told me that he had previously supported Castro and he was very much on board with Castro. And then he saw for himself what communism really looked like. And he turned against the regime and he said that it's spreading like wildfire. He said that young people, especially, don't understand, you know, why they are being, why these rules are being imposed upon them from what they can see to their detriment. Like they don't see any point in it. And from what I'm hearing from people who have you know, contacts inside Cuba is that this is a very serious and growing and evolving movement, and that it's not going to go away easily. Well, from your lips to God's ears is all I can say. The movement, such as it is, has been expressed thus far in widespread but relatively small demonstrations, and not altogether surprisingly, the Marxist regime has responded with uh, threats and actual violence as well. To the extent that that's happening, Susan, um, are you hearing from your sources that there's a sense that um, the population more broadly is similarly now breaking with the regime? And while that's not yet manifest, it is coming. Yes. And in fact, they are using as their theme song, sort of like a hip hop rap song that has gone viral. And it's this group of young guys who put out this song earlier this year. And it's like um, country country and life in English is, is what it means. And it's spread. And people in Cuba are just, they're tired of this. They're, they're actually fighting back, I'm told, with rocks and sticks at this point. Which is all that they have to try to protect themselves against the police or these paramilitaries or presumably in due course, ultimately, perhaps even the army. These are the sorts of tools of repression, of course, that the, the communists have perfected over the years, both in Cuba and elsewhere. And Susan, I, I just pray, and I think all of us uh, do, at least those of us who love freedom, that um, this uprising will not only 
catch fire and spread and be supported more broadly by the people of Cuba, but also achieve the ultimate objective that we've long sought, and I think many of them have as well, namely the liberation of the place. Let me ask you about one other development, and I understand that this is not... Uh, gotten as much attention uh, perhaps in your shop as well as others as it as it needs but just to help burnish the point that we are in the midst well I call it the war for the free world uh, this present phase is an active struggle between the Marxists of Cuba and other places including Peru a country that I've come to know and admire greatly um, in Peru at the moment, Susan, there is a 40,000 vote difference between a Marxist, out-and-out avowed Marxist by the name of Pedro Castillo, and a pro-freedom, pro-capitalism, pro-Western um, political figure by the name of Keiko Fujimori, the daughter of uh, a man who previously served uh, at a time, particularly uh, to his great credit as president of uh, Peru. But the point here is, at the same time that people are indicating how desperate they are to shake off the shackles of communism in Cuba, um, we're seeing a very important country in South America perilously close, as a result, it seems, of outright fraud in the recent election, to seizing power and turning Peru into the next horrific communist totalitarian state and and you know, basket case, uh, like Venezuela, uh, nearby Venezuela. Uh, any thoughts on how important these sorts of developments are uh, in their own right, of course, to the people most immediately involved, but but to a hemisphere that um, is, of course, you know, tied to us uh, at a border that is increasingly open? I just wonder your, your what your thoughts are about the stakes here. Well, you raised, you said the absolute, the key element when you mentioned the the voting the possibility of the voting fraud because I I am very suspicious that this is a, a a legitimate election but the other thing is that history has shown and we've got enough time where we've been able to see this unfold is that Marxism just doesn't work it never has worked and it has not gone well for the people who are under Marxist regimes so you have to be very suspicious as to what would cause countries to turn Marxist? And so what is the unseen hand? Like who is behind this? And what is the the destabilizing goal for these Marxist regimes and the spread of Marxism? And, you know, you can look at the usual suspects, but the end result would be it, it would act to destabilize the Western influence. So it's, it's, it's an attempt to shift, as you noted, the the dynamic of world power. Well, that's such an important point, and I think you're absolutely right. This is a case where the, uh, well, the Cubans, of course, but uh, the Iranians, including Hezbollah, and uh, the Russians, and also the Chinese, are on the ground in Peru trying to have this come out to the detriment of the United States and and free world more generally and to the benefit of uh, its enemies. And this is a very, very ominous reason for paying attention to the problem and, and hopefully uh, helping achieve a forensic audit of the kind that we're now um, needing clearly in swing states in this country, but uh, that are, I think, every bit as important now in, uh, in trying to help 
make sure that the voting was free and fair in Peru. Susan, let me quickly just take another minute with you, if I can, about uh, a problem closer to home. And that is well, what I consider to be the Marxist takedown of the United States military. As you know, uh, Republicans in the Congress uh, asked um, two senior military retirees uh, to address the question of how, well, I think the term's been used as wokeism is now penetrating and really to the great detriment of our military's readiness and combat proficiency, uh, sort of becoming the dominant focus of training and, you know, unit uh, activity, uh, so-called diversity and all that, the social engineering of the military, I guess is how I would describe it. What are your thoughts about that and its implications for our security and uh, for uh, the forces required to support it? Well, the one thing that actually gives me hope and comfort is that U.S. service members have a really strong built-in BS meter. If like, throughout the ranks, they're really good at recognizing when, you know, from on high, like, nonsense is being imposed upon them. And so like, what I'm hearing from like sailors in particular that I've been talking to and some Marines is that they're absolutely rolling their eyes at this training and they're, they are looking at it to sort of be a wave that passes over. And I hope they're right because you know, you really do need to focus on the training in the national defense rather than on um, social attitudes of the day, which shouldn't impact the military whatsoever. That's not what they're there for. They're not there to enact a social agenda. Well, I think you're absolutely right about that, needless to say, but it does seem as though um, civilian authorities at the moment uh, have in mind this not being just a temporary phenomenon, but a permanent makeover, a fundamental transformation, I think is the term that Barack Obama coined for it, of the U.S. military. And I worry, I have to tell you, that the people that are expressing the kind of sentiments that you've just described, the rolling of eyes and holding of noses, I guess, um, are the kinds of people who are being purged from the military under the Biden team. And uh, that's doubly worrying because they're the kinds of people, I think, by and large, that you very much want to have on duty uh, when, not if, but when we next need them. So, Susan, again, your reporting on all of these issues at Just the News is so appreciated. I appreciate especially the chance to visit with you about your reporting and insights. I look forward to doing so again very soon. Come back to us, if you will, in the near future. Next up, we'll be speaking with Lance Crayon about some influence operations the Chinese are engaged in here in the United States that I think require our urgent attention as well. That and more, straight ahead. 